The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Finally! That is right guys, your favourite podcaster's favourite podcast. What is going on everyone and welcome to... Omega Luke. I am indeed Omega Luke and we are finally here for the final league match of the FBL, the Fantasy Booking League. The winner of this match does indeed go through to the final against Mason Adams, so what a way to end the league matches. The stipulation today is simple. The contestants just have to fantasy book an NXT call-up, so this could be one, two, three wrestlers, a tag, a faction, it's completely down to them, but no other rules have been set, so I'm very excited to hear what they have for me. So it is indeed MAFF, the mark with the mouth math, versus Royally Rumbled in this final match. But we, before we get into that, a quick update on all things Omega Luke as we go into 2019. Of course, with the end of year review that happened last Monday with JPQ. That went insane. You guys downloaded the shit out of that episode and I was very excited and it became very well received too. Speaking of JPQ, he now has his own wrestling podcast, which is no surprise because the guy is awesome. And in the episode that we did, it came across very well and I'm sure he is going to smash it. Also, we had Courtney, the lovely Courtney, on for the Wrestle Kingdom special. She is obsessed with Killer Cross and JY and that came across very abundantly in that episode where we fantasy booked Killer Cross going to New Japan and how we would book JY as well as preview Wrestle Kingdom which was pretty decent. So both of these two are part of the Omega Club on Patreon where you can support the channel even more for plenty of rewards like coming on Omega Luke, getting your questions answered by interviewees just like JPQ and Courtney did with the incredible Jazz which will be out on Thursday by the way but also the exclusive content on Omega Luke Patreon. We have early access episode, like said, interview with Jazz. That has been up on the Patreon since Thursday. Extra content as well as mine and Wilfred's brand new role players episode, which, by the way, the next role players is going to be US Office, which I cannot wait for. Obviously, if you've checked out the Avengers or the Friends episode that we've done already, you will know exactly what I'm on about. Um, they were the free taster sessions to get your taste buds tingling um, if you wanted to join on with role players. So plenty of new and exciting things to start off 2019 with a bang. So thank you for tagging along for the ride. 
I've spoken way too much as usual. Let's head over to my JSPL tag partners, Royally Rumbled, for their NXT call-up first. How's it going, everybody? I'm Jordan. I'm Robert, and we are Royally Rumbled. This week on the Omega Luke podcast, we are fantasy booking an NXT superstar on the main roster against Moth. Moth, or is it Math? Is it Math? I believe it's he's his name is Matthew, so he would be he's it's just a a play on Matt, so Math. I don't like Math. No, I was always more of a science kid. M A double F. Oh, hmm, interesting. Well, regardless, uh, I mean he's a he's a real nice guy. Unfortunately for him. He's got the task of going up against us. Yeah, and that has not uh, fared well for anybody else that has come across us in this fantasy booking league. So this takes place on the Raw after Great Balls of Fire, July 8th, 2019. Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. After what has become the standard quality of a singles match on Raw from Finn Balor. He is caught by Bray Wyatt in the setup for Sister Abigail. Bray pulls Balor close and kisses his forehead before spinning him violently to complete the maneuver. But Finn counters out and spins a bit more than he's supposed to and locks Bray in for the 1916. Balor connects and Bray writhes in pain on the mat. As Balor climbs to the top rope, and lands a huge coup de grace to score the pinfall victory. Finn is celebrating in the ring. Bray Wyatt attacks from behind and performs a brutal beatdown on Balor. Balor starts to fire back up and attempts the shotgun dropkick in the corner. But Wyatt cuts him off with a crossbody attack. He taunts to the crowd with his arms outstretched on his knees. But an unfamiliar guitar chord cuts through the incessant booing. The lights go down and we see candles lit up on the Tron. Smoke covers the stage and a figure rises from it. Alistair Black, former NXT champion, is here. The camera cuts to Bray Wyatt, who was first laughing on his knees, but has since stood up and appears very serious. Corey Graves is going nuts on commentary as Alistair makes his way down the ramp. He removes his vest and enters the ring. Wyatt hits the ropes and rebounds towards Black, who ducks him, and as Wyatt makes a second attempt, he is caught square in the jaw with a black mass. Alistair stands tall as the crowd cheers. Wyatt is out cold. Balor recovers in the corner, and Raw ends. The next week on Raw, July 15th, 2019, Michael Cole announces that we'll be getting Aleister Black's Raw debut tonight versus Bray Wyatt. Corey Graves remarks that the entire fabric of Raw is about to be shaken to its core. The lights go out and Bray Wyatt's music hits. He inches towards the ring with his lantern as his fireflies surround him. He kneels in the ring and awaits his opponent. Aleister Black's music hits and we see him rise from the smoke and make his way to the ring for his first match. 
Renee Young says, The former NXT champion is here to show the WWE Universe exactly what he's all about. Wyatt and Black are face-to-face in the ring. The bell sounds and the stare-down continues. The crowd grows louder as they stare each other down. Bray invites Alistair to hit the ropes and attack him. Black obliges. They collide in the middle of the ring from a shoulder block, but Wyatt barely budges. Wyatt laughs and hypes himself up. He runs and rebounds off the ropes, but Black drops down and sweeps Bray's legs out from underneath him. Bray collapses to the mat. More back and forth action. Bray hits sentons, palm strikes, various slams. Black responds with German suplexes, shining wizards, and big boots. The match lasts about 20 minutes. Bray hits a running crossbody to Black and both men are down in the center of the ring. Bray rolls to the outside to grab a chair. As he's coming back into the ring, Finn Balor runs out to stop him from attacking Black. Wyatt swings at Balor instead, but Balor ducks. Balor hits Wyatt with a sling blade. The referee calls for the bell. Bray gets back up and runs at Balor, but is caught with a huge jumping knee strike from Black, knocking Bray out of the ring. Balor and Black stare each other down, and Black nods his head at Balor. Black's music plays as they taunt in the ring. Bray crawls up the ramp. Black says he's not done with him. Alistair turns around and is drop-kicked into the corner by Balor. Black is lying prone in the corner as the commentators and the crowd are shocked. Balor looks around. He's got a huge grin on his face. Balor backs into the opposite corner and points his hand like a gun and aims it at Black. Balor runs and hits a hesitation dropkick in the corner on Black. The camera cuts to Bray Wyatt, who's now looking on with a pleased look on his face. Black sells out of the corner and is lying prone on the mat. Balor, still grinning, steps out of the ring and up onto the apron and climbs to the top rope. He leaps and connects with a coup de gras on Black. Balor kneels over Black as Black grips his midsection in pain. The segment ends. Week 3, Raw, July 22nd, 2019. During Raw, we get a Raw Rewind, presented by Snickers. Hungry? Grab a Snickers. A replay is shown of Balor costing Black the match via disqualification, and then Balor turning on Black and attacking him. Balor's music plays and he walks out on the stage through the smoke. He's got his gigantic smile on and is pandering to the crowd, although he is not well received. Balor goes through his entire entrance. Most of the crowd is refusing to do his signature arm taunt during the musical cues. Balor enters the ring and maintains his grin. It's coming off more as smug now. He gets on the mic. Two years. I came back from my shoulder injury two years ago. And what's happened since then? I've been stuck in the middle of the card. Stuck in go-nowhere matches with the same four guys. I've never even gotten my rematch for the title I never lost. I was the first ever Universal Champion. I was to lead the new wave of WWE. But instead I've had to sit on the sidelines and watch more and more former NXT superstars pass me by. No more. The old Finn Balor would never stand for it. The Finn Balor that fought in Japan would never stand for it. I don't need anyone's help to win. I don't need Aleister Black's help. I don't even need the Balor Club. Membership for the Balor Club is no longer open to everyone. 
No more free memberships. Balor Club is closed. Black's music hits, and he comes out. He and Balor go nose to nose. Black grabs a microphone and says, Your pride clouds your judgment, Finn. I emerged two weeks ago to help a man I respected, to fight against an oppressor. But your vanity got in the way. You've thrown away that respect. You should apologize to all these people and to me. Because if you don't, the devil will get his due. Balor stands back and chuckles before slapping Alistair across the face. They brawl a bit. Balor goes for a sling blade, but Black ducks it and connects with a black mass. Balor crumbles to the mat, and Black stands over him. Suddenly, the lights go out. The lights come back on, and Bray is standing behind Black. Black turns around, and Wyatt lays him out with his sister Abigail. Bray kneels in between Balor and Black and extends his arms and laughs. He screams, The screen cuts to Black. Raw heads to commercial as the segment ends. Week 4, Raw, July 29th, 2019. At the top of the broadcast, Michael Cole informs the WWE Universe that we will get Finn Balor versus Aleister Black in a singles match so they can settle the score. Corey Graves remarks that Finn Balor has lost his way and Black was only trying to do the right thing. Renee Young contends that Corey would feel the same way if some newbie stuck his nose in his business too. Later on in the show, Bray Wyatt cuts onto the Titantron. I don't like the energy that the man with the devil on his back is shrouded in. It's pure evil. Yet, these sheep cheer his name. It is not okay. The universe has failed me. The universe has failed Finn Balor. There's a darkness in him. He pushes it down, but we see it in his eyes. (laughs) I am the chosen one. I'm the only one who could unlock Finn Balor's darkness. The Eater of Worlds will drag the devil back to hell. Devil, demon. She tells me it's no matter. I will correct these wrongs. For it is my destiny. And no one will stand in my way. Run. Alistair Black versus Finn Balor. The match is underway and these two pull out all their tricks. Black hits a pump kick to Balor, who turns and nails Black with a Pele kick. Balor ducks a clothesline from Black, but Black springboards off the ropes into his no-hands moonsault. Black stands on the second rope in the turnbuckle and Finn leaps and hits an enziguri kick, knocking Black over the top rope and onto the floor. Finn gets out and stands on the apron of the ring, waiting for Black to stand up. 
Black makes it to his feet, and Balor runs and connects with a big kick. Balor gets back in the ring and readies for a dive. He rebounds off the ropes and stops before making it to the edge of the ring. He shakes his head no and rolls out onto the other side. He runs towards Black on the outside, but Black dodges a chop from Balor and counters into a leg sweep. Black gets back into the ring and looks out at Balor as he begins to rise up to his feet. Alistair Black runs like he's going for a dive, but does his signature springboard backflip and lands in the center of the ring in a seated position with his legs crossed. The crowd cheers big time, when suddenly... The lights go out, and the ring mat appears to crumble, and a pit opens up. A real vertigo-inducing moment. The ref sells by leaping out of the ring. Black is in the middle of the ring looking around, when the mat rips open and smoke pours out. Bray Wyatt pops up, grabbing Black, pulling him backwards into the hole in the ring. The smoke continues to pour out. Wyatt's laughter could be heard over the speakers. We see Finn Balor's reaction. We cut away with Bray Wyatt's graphic, and the show ends. Week 5, August 5th, 2019, Monday Night Raw. Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor in a steel cage is announced. Corey Graves adds, Bray Wyatt says he's the only one who can unlock Finn Balor's darkness. I guess we'll see later tonight. Finn Balor comes out first, and Bray Wyatt makes his way out next. He blows his lantern out before stepping inside the cage. Wyatt steps into the ring and closes the cage door behind him. Both men brawl throughout the match. It's hard-hitting. Balor connects with a few running forearms. Bray does a sunset flip to Balor, but Balor rolls through and hits a dropkick, followed by a double foot stomp. Bray is lined up in the corner when Balor charges at him, looking for a shotgun dropkick, but Wyatt moves out of the way. Balor lands on his back as his feet get caught up in the middle rope in the corner. Bray launches himself over Balor and lands a big senton splash. Bray pulls Balor out and makes a cover, but Balor kicks out at two. Towards the end of the match, Wyatt climbs to try to escape the cage, but Balor hurries after him. With Wyatt at the very top, Balor hits a hanging soccer kick to Wyatt's back, and both men slide down to the top rope. Balor lines it up and connects with a sling blade off the side wall of the cage, and both men are down. The lights go out. Alistair Black's music plays. The lights come back on, and Black is standing in the center of the ring. Bray raises to his feet, smiling to the challenge. They begin throwing haymakers at each other. Black knocks Bray down with a jumping knee strike. Balor cuts Black off from the attack, and they trade shots. Black begins throwing Balor from one side of the cage wall to the other. Black goes for a German suplex, but Balor counters out of it into a 1916. Balor waits for Black to stand up, and as he does, Balor hits a huge forearm smash on Black, sending him out between the ropes and the cage wall. Balor rises up and is stalking Black to get up again. He charges and hits a big shotgun dropkick, 
slamming the back of Black's head into the cage wall. Balor gets up and turns around, only to be caught by Bray and nailed with Sister Abigail. Bray covers and the referee counts to three. Bray Wyatt wins. Before the night is over, Michael Cole confirms, This Sunday at SummerSlam, it will be Alistair Black versus Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt in a triple threat match. Corey Graves responds, It's Devil versus Demon versus Eater of Worlds. Following Raw on Raw Fallout, via the WWE app, YouTube, and social media, backstage Charlie Caruso approaches an angry Finn Balor, who is knocking over things backstage. He is visibly frustrated and screaming. Charlie asks Finn for a moment, and Finn pushes back. What? Are you here to ask me about my feelings on the loss to Bray Wyatt? Well, how does it look like I feel? I'm pissed off. I'm hurt. I'm frustrated. I'm losing my mind. Bray Wyatt should have fell to me tonight, but instead, Alistair Black felt the need to put himself directly in my business yet again. I'm going to brutalize him this Sunday. I'm going to brutalize Bray Wyatt. They think they're masters of mind games? Like I said, I'm out of my mind now. Now the madness could really begin. This Sunday at SummerSlam, they're going to feel my wrath like no one has ever before. Week 6 starts at SummerSlam, August 11th, 2019. A triple threat match between Aleister Black versus Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt makes his way out first, followed secondly by Aleister Black. The lights go out and begin pulsing red. The demon has arrived in Toronto. The crowd pops huge. Balor's paint is slightly different. It's got red highlighting in his eyes. The white teeth are seen all over his body, which is covered mostly in black paint. His back has a giant yellow eye with a crown on it. He's ready for a fight. Wyatt and Black seem to take it in. Wyatt is laughing while Black is focused. Balor takes a big power move and powders out. Wyatt and Black go face to face trading haymakers. Wyatt yells at Black with his arms outstretched. Do it, Alistair. Absolve me. Make me pure again. Begging for a Black Mass. This frustrates Alistair. Finn Balor dives back in with a crossbody to both Wyatt and Black. The action cycles through, and all three men tear each other apart. Bray lifts Black into a fireman's carry position. Balor then leaps from the top rope and hits a double foot stomp on the back of Black before Wyatt follows up with a Samoan drop. Bray goes after Black. Black gets whipped off the ropes by Bray and Black springboard backflips over Bray and lands in a seated position. Bray then bends backwards into the spider walk. They have a face-off with Bray upside down in his pose and Black in his seated pose. Balor comes in and dropkicks both of them in the face. Bray rolls to the outside, and Balor and Black are swinging wildly at each other. They keep dodging each other's attacks. Balor goes for a float over DDT, but Black spins around and lands a big German suplex. Black bridges into a pinfall 
but Balor kicks out. Alistair Black begins to fire up, and he notices Bray on the outside. Black runs at the corner and leaps over it to the apron. He then springboards to the middle turnbuckle and moonsaults to the outside, onto Bray Wyatt. The crowd goes nuts. Black makes it to his feet, followed by Bray. They start trading blows on the outside. Black stuns Wyatt backwards. Balor hits the ropes and goes for a suicide dive, but Black jumps up and lands a pump knee. Balor hangs over the middle rope. Bray gets up and shoves Black into the steel steps. Bray then goes over to Balor and hooks him for a rope-hung suplex to the outside of the ring. He lands and the commentary team talks about the sick thud it made when Balor's spine crashed to the floor. Bray tosses Finn into the ring and covers him, but Finn kicks out at two. Bray waits as Finn sells up into the corner, and Bray charges and nails him with a body avalanche attack. Bray smiles to the crowd before tossing Balor to the center of the ring, but when he turns around, he gets a flurry of strikes from Aleister Black. Black knocks Bray down and fires up for the crowd. Black places his foot under Balor's chin and raises him up to his feet. He goes for a black mass, but Balor ducks and hooks Black in a reverse DDT position. He lifts him up and drops him for a reverse 1916. Balor covers, but Black kicks out at two. Balor ascends to the top rope and goes for the coup de grace, but Black rolls out of the way. Balor goes for the shotgun drop kick, but is kicked in the face midair. Balor rolls out of the ring. Bray Wyatt comes back in and hits a huge back elbow to Black. Bray rebounds off the ropes and hits a senton. Black sells up to counter Sister Abigail. Black goes for the Death Valley driver, but Bray counters out. Bray goes for Sister Abigail again, but Black pushes Bray into the corner. Black is down, and Bray Wyatt turns around in the corner and leans backwards into his spider pose. Wyatt begins crawling towards Alistair Black. Meanwhile, Finn Balor climbs to the top rope behind Bray, and Balor connects with a coup de grace onto Bray Wyatt. Balor hurts his ankle in the process. He stands up to cover Bray, but eats a black mass, and he falls out of the ring. Black's momentum causes him to fall backwards after the black mass, and lands on Bray Wyatt. He covers him for the pin. One, two, three. This match goes for well over 25 minutes and is easily the match of the night. Up there is a match of the year candidate for sure. All three men throughout the feud had ups and downs, and while Alistair is now on the main roster, he has a solid body of work already proving he's worth a possible Intercontinental Championship opportunity or perhaps even a shot at the Universal title. But in order to move on, he must set his sights on defeating a new Finn Balor, who has a serious chip on his shoulder after not being beaten. Their rivalry will continue with a future number one contendership on the line. This has been our fantasy booking of an NXT call-up. If you would like to hear more from us, we also do prediction episodes for all of the WWE pay-per-views, getting you primed and ready for those. And we also recently had our very first Legacy Spotlight series episode chronicling the career of Edge. So go ahead, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Royally Rumbled. 
We love interacting with everybody. A big thank you to Omega Luke for letting us take part in this uh, fantasy booking league. And a big sorry to Maff for having to come across us in the fantasy booking league. As for Royally Rumbled, I'm Jordan. I'm Robert. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Bruce Pritchard. This is Conrad Thompson. And you're listening to the Omega Luke Podcast. Hello, everyone. I am now here with the second competitor of this final league fantasy booking episode. It is the decider, like I've mentioned already. I am now with MAFF, the mark with the mouth. Math, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm much better, thank you. Glad to hear that you are much better. What do you mean by that? Well, my last performance wasn't up to my standard, I would say. like, um, You know, no excuses, Varen brought it. Um, but, yeah, I just wasn't happy with myself in that one. Yeah, it was very unlike you, a very poor fantasy booking by your standards. And like you said, Varen actually did very well. And definitely deserved something out of out of the match, which he did. Obviously, he picked up the win. What do you think about your opponents today, Royley Rumbled? Yeah, they're they're pretty good actually, aren't they? Yeah, uh, you know, um, I know they've got their own podcast. That's how you guys met, and I know they do the Josh and Stu Prediction League. Yeah. So yeah, I'm expecting big things from them. Um, I don't think they'll make the final, but no, no. Well, you got to back yourself, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Big fans of, of Royally Rumbled as as, uh, as a podcast and people I've interacted with them quite a lot. They're both really nice guys and I'm happy that they got involved when they did eventually. So um, yeah, great to have them on board. Any final words? Do you think you have what it takes then to get to the final? And even so, if you do, which you obviously do, do you think you can beat Mason Adams without knowing what the stipulation of the final is going to be yet? Um, yeah, of course I do. Like, I, I can't go into a match being already beaten. Yeah. You know, um, I honestly think this is no disrespect to Mason Adams because I think he's a great fantasy booker, mm. even better friend. Yeah. But um, I honestly do think the winner of this match will go on to be champion. Yeah, it's a big call. We sort of said at the start of this whole um, competition that how B-Block seemed very strong and very vocal, but, but that was because they were the mouthiest. A block was very quiet. Now we're at the end of the league. Obviously, we've we've forfeited a few of the matches because it was they weren't going to have any yeah. anything on the league. There was no point um, in and actually doing them. Yeah, and that's to, that's fair enough. Yeah, I was about to say Mason Allen's obviously already won his um, yeah. block, and the only match that matters from B block is mine versus Royally Rumbled. Exactly. Yeah. So it's. It's in, it's interesting now that we're finally coming to the the end. Two matches of the fantasy booking league. We already have matches lined up for um, the future. Um, but yeah, this this is it now. Um, why not we just get straight into it? Let's hear your fantasy booking of an NXT call up. Okay, so my fantasy booking starts at NXT Phoenix. So. Like Champo mentioned in a previous NXT episode, he wants Gargano to go for the North American Championship. So I'm going to have that match. Ricochet versus Johnny Gargano. So, like everyone would think, this is probably a dream... Well, I wouldn't say a dream match, but everyone wants to see this match. Yeah. This match would be absolutely amazing. So the match starts off with them filling each other out. Gargano gets 
Johnny Gargano getting the better of the mat wrestling exchanges, but with a slight opening, Ricochet is able to explode, get to his feet, and and drop kick, uh, drop Gargano with a drop kick, leading Johnny to roll to the outside to take a quick break. Ricochet, Ricochet noticing this, chases down Gargano, which leads to Gargano rolling back in the ring and outsmarting Ricochet by getting the upper hand. This match is very back and forth with each of them milliseconds away from winning and walking away as champion. Gargano goes for the lawn dart throw but is reversed and thrown into the middle rope. Ricochet sees this and heads to the top rope and goes for the 630 senton. But Gargano moves but quick, but luckily Ricochet, he lands on his feet but runs straight into a super kick, 1-2 and Ricochet kicks out. Morrow's Mauro Ronaldo is on commentary saying no one has ever questioned Ricochet's athleticism and after this no one questioned his heart either. Gargano can't believe it but heads to the corner to go for another superkick like he does with the DIY. Yeah. Gargano can't believe it but heads to the corner to go for another superkick. The superkick lands, Gargano goes for the goes for the pin, one, two, kick out, and again. With this, Gargano, with this, Gargano starts to lose and mounts Ricochet and punches him until he's motionless. He lifts Ricochet to his knees and it's one final superkick and puts, and then puts him in the Gargano escape. Ricochet is motionless and the ref has no choice but to stop the match and reward Gargano the winner. Nigel McGuinness on commentary says, He may have turned his back on the fans but it was all worth it as he has finally won a singles championship here in NXT. The, Gar- the Gargano I-, I know didn't need championship gold to be a well-respected wrestler, says Percy Watson. Later that night, in the main event, we see Tommaso Ciampo versus Alistair Black. The match starts very quickly with Black hitting Ciampo with a running bicycle knee and getting a two count. Ciampo rolls to the outside, but Black follows up with a flip over the top rope onto Ciampo. The crowd is going crazy. Black is feeding off their energy, but as he picks Ciampo to his feet, he is forced back into the steel steps of Antis Champa. Throughout the match, Champa focuses on the back after the da- after the damage done from the steel steps. Champa go- calls for the end and goes for the dragon wings. Black reverses by pulling Champa to the floor and hitting him with a jumping stomp, jumping stomp to the sternum. Black uses Black uses a variety of strikes to mount some offense and push the match to his pace. He runs off the ropes, but is caught with a tilt royal backbreaker, which gets Champa near fall. Champa goes back to attacking the back and putting him in different submissions, but there's no quit in Black as he keeps fighting his way to the ropes. Champa pulls Black to the centre of the ring, and Black bre- breaks free and hits him with a Black Mass. Black Mass! All he has to do is cover him, says Mario Ronaldo. But Black is too injured to take advantage, advantage as Champa lays motionless. Black finally makes it for the cover. 1-2. Champa kicks out. The crowd's chanting, fight forever. As they do, you know. Stupid marks. Black gets to his feet and goes for another black mass. He tries to lift Champa with his foot, but his back is hurting too much that he falls to his knees. He chooses to pick him up with his hands, but Champa grabs a small package and Black just barely kicks out. Champa goes to the outside to grab the NXT Championship, but the ref stops Champa from using it. As the ref is just is distracted, Black goes for another black mass, but Champa sees it coming and is able to reverse it with a low blow. As as the ref turns to see the action, Champa hits Black with a, with the dragon wings. 
One, not like this screams Mario Ronaldo. Two, three. Like it or not, Mario, that man is still our NXT world champion, says Nigel McGuinness. Takeover ends with Gargano and Champion in the ring together. The next night at the Royal Rumble, the main event is the men's Royal Rumble match. I'll skip ahead to number 15, where the one and only Ricochet enters. Huge pop. Ricochet comes into the ring and takes down some opponents. Rick Ricochet and Rey Mysterio have a face-to-face, -face, but it gets broken up by Baron Corbin. But with this, both Ricochet and Rey Mysterio end up eliminating Corbin. Later in the match, Ricochet is obviously taking some punishment, punishment, being in there a long time, and he gets RKO'd from Randy Orton. And as that happens, Corbin comes in and throws Ricochet out. The countdown to number 30 is on. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The lights go out and a single dong goes off. Under Michael Cole is screaming, it's the Undertaker. Lights back on and he's in the ring. He's dropping superstars with his famous right hands. Down goes Rollins. Down goes Almas. Miz, Ali. He comes, to face, he comes face to face with Wharton. Cole mentions about their history in their WrestleMania 21 match. They start throwing punches until Taker ducks a clothesline and chokeslams Orton. Everyone is down apart from Taker, but the lights go out again. And Alistair Black's music plays. And Black is stood at the entranceway, staring down Taker, which leads to Kevin Owens eliminating the dead man. Rollins ends up winning the Rumble. In a WWE.com exclusive, Kathy Kelly interviews Ricochet about his Royal Rumble appearance. Ricochet says that he will get he will get Baron Corbin back, but for now he's looking at reclaiming his NXT North American Championship. On all three shows, obviously Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, there is a video highlight of the Black slash Taker confrontation, and with the commentators wondering what is going on. The week after that, Undertaker is on Raw and calls out Black to come up, come and own up for his to his sins. And that now he must now answer to the Reaper. Black isn't there, so Undertaker says he will find him, and when he does, Black will rest in peace. On NXT, Black is at the performance center and is questioned about his actions, but he stays quiet and just carries on hitting the heavy bag. The following week on Raw, Black's interview is shown again for the Raw viewers, and it is announced that Black will be at Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber, Black comes out, sits in the middle of the ring with a microphone and says, it's my destiny to end The Undertaker, to wipe away the mystique of the dead man. I'm the new Reaper of WWE. The next night on Raw, they show a highlight of the promo and wonder how Undertaker will respond. The following week on Raw, it is announced that The Undertaker will be at Fastlane. Fastlane arrives and Taker comes to the ring and talks about how for over 25 years this has been my yard and he's faced them all from HBK, Austin and to The Rock and, now, and they have all fallen to my hand. So as the Black, you want to be the new Reaper of WWE? As the Black's music hits, he gets face to face with The Undertaker and they both look at the WrestleMania sign and nod in respect to each other. Black leaves the ring. On NXT that week, Black has a match against a nobody and beats him within seconds by hitting a black mass. He gets on the mic and says, This is your fate, Undertaker. There will be no awakening after I hit you with a black mass. On Raw, they show Black's performance and the, 
from the NXT and just gone and mentioned how the official contract signing is tonight. At the contract signing, Undertaker, Undertaker tells Black that he respects him, but that he's not ready for what is coming to him. Black signs the contract anyway and says at WrestleMania, you will rest in peace and just walks out. WrestleMania, Corey Graves introduces the highly anticipated match and says that this is the one he's been most looking forward to. Black and Undertaker both make their entrances. JoJo announces the competitors. The bell rings. The two, fa- the two go face to face. Undertaker grabs Black by the throat. He lifts him up for the chokeslam, but Black slides off and hits him with a black mass. Black grabbing his throat like obviously he's just been like choked. Decides to take pick Taker up with his foot and hits a bl- another black mass. One, two, three. Black sits in the middle of a ring as the ref sees to Taker in the background. Black leaves the ring and lets Taker have one final goodbye. The Raw after Mania, Triple H officially signs Black to Raw, but Corbin comes out to welcome him into the show. But Triple H is tired of Corbin acting like he still runs the show. So puts him in a match against Black, but if Corbin loses, he'll no longer be a part of Raw. Black ends up beating Corbin. The next night on SmackDown, the newly crowned United States Champion Rey Mysterio offers out offers out an open challenge. Shane McMahon comes out and says, "Actually, Rey, you'll be facing the newest member of SmackDown Live." Corbin's music plays. Shane McMahon puzzled and says, "I wasn't talking about you." Ricochet's music plays. Ricochet versus Rey Mysterio. The match that everyone wants to see. That'll just be absolute killer. But the match is quickly interrupted by Corbin. Corbin now has to find a partner so he can face both Ricochet and Mysterio later later on in the main event of the evening. If he doesn't find a partner, he'll have to go handicap. Corbin ends up finding Nakamura as his partner. Later on in the main event, Ricochet and Rey win after Ricochet lands a 6 30 on Corbin. Philip says it's been a rough couple of days for Corbin, but what a night for the newest addition to SmackDown Live roster, the one and only Ricochet. So I've, I've just left it like what what's next, you know, I've, you're probably going to go with Ricochet versus Ray later on in the, later on for the United States Championship. Yeah. I thought I'd just kick it off with there. Alistair Black has like a clean slate what's next for him so it's a lot of questions but I'll be happy to see what happens next okay then let's find out what happens to you in your future in the outro there we go guys that was both of the fantasy bookings how very strange that of all the NXT roster everyone that they could have picked they both went for Alistair Black and they both nailed it to be fair let's start then with Royley Rumble their pros and cons so let's start there we had a great description of the match again. They just keep doing that. Um, oh, how I love hearing the root of all evil as they gracefully described Alistair Black's first appearance and a good introduction too. And well done for the guys for using sound effects after I complimented Josh and Stu for doing so. Very clever from them. Good heel turn as well for Balor and a good reason for it as well, which led to a very good promo from Balor. So I like that. Again, great use of the two-man trick. One sets the scene, the other does the promo. It's very effective, I keep saying it. There's no other way of saying it. Um, Keep doing it, it's very good. Now, I'm going to address the spot with Bray Wyatt and the ring situation. 
I loved it. This is fantasy booking. This is what it's all about. We've seen in the past the hologram in real life, all the insects and shit, and that just didn't really work. But this, if it was done right, would be cool as fuck, and no one can deny that. And Bray Wyatt and Black would be perfect for that situation to happen in. Again, great description of the cage match and Black returning the favour with a surprise attack. And this three-way rivalry is pretty fucking awesome, I must say. I really did enjoy this three-way rivalry. Three very good people. And to make it even better, the tagline that they gave Michael Cole. Finally, Michael Cole is saying something better than the big dog or boss time. It's devil versus demon versus eater of worlds. Very good. Also, that spot that they described with Aster Black backflipping over Bray Wyatt into the seated position to be confronted by Bray Wyatt doing the backwards crab thing in a little face-to-face -face would be a picture-perfect moment. That would probably be the image of the night um, in that match. So the match, the end part, the, the, the match that probably was the best-described single match we've ever had on the Fantasy Booking League, roughly five minutes and I was picturing it all in my head the whole time. I loved it. Although I think the Demon should never lose uh, Demon Balor, he didn't get pinned, so that's sort of um, secure. That sort of keeps him safe. But still, what an epic description of a match and an epic finish to a very good fantasy booking. The cons, though, you do have a couple of cons. Um, everyone has a couple of cons. Is there a reason for Black's gripe with Bray only because there was no explanation for a babyface Alistair Black interrupting the match? That was the only sort of thing I picked up on at the very beginning of the fantasy book and I was a bit unsure. Um, I did go back and listen to it again and I couldn't quite grasp um, any reasons why. You know, it's not a big deal, um, but he is obviously a babyface so it is very unlike um, something that a babyface would do, that's all. And also, because I'm greedy, this is more, this is not really a con to be honest, but um, I suppose it could be. Because I'm greedy and I feel it would have just made that ending match that slightly bit better. We heard the Alistair Black song at the start, like I said, The Root of All Evil. I think, Royally Rumbled, you missed a trick here by not ending that booking with that amazing finish with the root of all evil playing in the background as you described Alistair Black picking up the win. How awesome would that have been? But still, very good. I very much enjoyed that last match, like I've already said. So overall, I really enjoyed this again. They brought in the sound effects. Missed a trick, yeah, at the end, but it still worked with great places. Uh, to really add to the story. And that's what this one was. This was, I like the most about this booking was that it was like a story. It was very similar to when I first heard Ricky Dent's, um, the Peaky Blinder Ricky Dent's fantasy booking of Bray Wyatt. Funny that Bray Wyatt's in it again. Um, it was very theatrical and that's what I like about this one. I, I got involved in the story, which is what I liked. They did a great job at creating a very interesting story, not using not one but two opponents, which I thought was a great choice for the three people as well. That is how Alistair Black is booked when he is book, uh, brought up from NXT, then I am all for it. So well done, Royally Rumbled, once again. But how did the mark with the mouth do? How did MAFF math do? So his pros, 
he kept to real life stories, which I um, appreciate that Johnny Gargano, uh, the DIY situation with Tommaso Ciampa, was also a very good description of the first event matches and a good finish with Gargano knocking Ricochet out. Um, when it's done correctly, it's done very well, and I enjoy that finish. I like the commentary Math used as well, taking notes from Vern, um, our favourite play-by-play commentator. That was very good. Using the Royal Rumble to get big pops with certain NXT setups and setting up future feuds, which I thought was very clever, using Aster Black and Taker as well. He's sort of teased that before, I think, way back when we did an Undertaker episode that an Aster Black versus Undertaker at WrestleMania would be very good. So as soon as he sort of mentioned Taker, I knew where this was going, but that didn't take away my excitement for it. I also love the Alistair Black promo about Taker and a huge setup for the WrestleMania match, which was very, very good and very well led up to. But maybe, let's go on to the cons now, maybe Black could have been built up a little bit more towards Mania. He had him in a sort of squash match against a nobody. Maybe you give Alistair Black a big win um, so that people, because there are people, uh, I don't know why, who don't watch NXT but do watch the main roster. So Alistair Black coming up may not be such a big deal for them. And, you know, we could have built him up a little bit more as to, you know, this is the guy who's going to un- uh, retire the Undertaker completely. I was really enjoying the build-up to the Taker match, um, so much so that one of my cons is that I wish it went on for a little bit longer. I wish it went on for a little bit more. Um, and the the match with Taker, I felt, was slightly rushed. I think you could have described, seeing as that was your big finale, really, um, you know, we are retiring The Undertaker here in your Alistair Black episode and uh, that I feel like you could have made a little bit more of a big deal of that match. And it did end rather abruptly, um, right when he seemed to start something new, which I appreciate the intention of leaving us wanting more. However, I don't think the execution was done to the best that I know Math can do. But I know what he was trying to do there, so it's not such a big con. Overall, this was a huge improvement from Math and... Back to the math where we had the Elias standard of fantasy book, and I really enjoyed the build-up to the Undertaker match at Mania so much that I wanted more of it. Great promo, like I said, from Alistair Black, and also a good start from math with the Rumble. Who doesn't love a Royal Rumble? So great effort from the Mark. Great to have him firing back on all cylinders again. But is this good enough to take him through to the final to face Mason Adams? Well... This, by the way, was a great match. Thank you to both guys for putting in 100%. And very weird how they both picked Alistair Black, like I said. But I enjoyed both ideas, really. If you paired them together, you'd argue that Black would would have had the best debut year. If you put both of these bookings together, he would probably have had the best debut year in forever on the main roster without knowing what happens from SummerSlam onwards. But there can only be one winner. And the winner of this match and going through to the final of the Fantasy Booking League. It's royally rumbled. Congratulations guys. Incredible booking and very consistent from you as well. So seeing as you missed the first round, you have generally deserved to get to the final from your free bookings. And as well, if you um, took out that win uh, that they gained from the previous competitor, Kinsakil, they would have still gone through on the head-to-head rule. 
So condolences to Maf, who will definitely be back in the contenders match to face the champ in the future. But the stage is now set. It is indeed Mason Adams versus Royley Rumbled in the final. And as for the final, I'll contact both parties and arrange a date for this to happen as well to tell them who or what they are fantasy booking and to get a good date, which I'll announce later on. So that is it, guys. The league is now down to just one final match, and I will finally have my champion. Thank you to everyone who took part um, across the whole of the fantasy booking league. The standard of bookings just got better and better as everyone tried to outdo each other, but that is what made it great. And as per my announcement, the championship post the league will continue. Many new faces who will want a piece of that pie. So who we will see, we will have. We already heard Armbar Audio core Dom out. We already heard Josh and Stu who wanted revenge on Math and Ricky Dent. So we could see that in the future as well. But the first match outside the league will also be the first match outside of the WWE. That is right. The competitors will have the challenge of fantasy booking Shinsuke Nakamura returning home to New Japan Wrestling. And it gives me great pleasure to announce that the competitors that I have this challenge are going to be two of my favourite guys that I have met on the journey so far since beginning this podcast. One is Mike Arendt, the fantasy booking guru. You may remember him, which, by the way, will be making a return soon, the fantasy booking faction. And my podcast bestie, Wilfred, from Wilfred Watchers Podcast. So great match. I can't wait for get, to get that one undergo. So thank you for everyone to listening. Congratulations once again to Rory Rumbled and good luck to both finalists. I'm excited to crown my first champion. If you haven't checked out my new YouTube video yet, please do. I worked very hard on it and I think you'll enjoy it. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Just search for Omega Luke Podcast. And of course, if you wish to become part of the Omega Club on the Patreon, you can do for as little as $2 for all the extra content, the early access to interviews like Jazz, which is on the Patreon a whole week before release as it still hasn't come out yet. You can do this and more on patreon.com forward slash Omega Luke. So yes, stay tuned on Twitter to find out more dates and for the final, I will meet you on Thursday for the interview I did with the former WWE Women's Champion and current NWA Women's Champion, Jazz. Goodbye and good night, bang. This is Flip Gordon and you need to subscribe to Omega Luke Podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.